Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And I'm Kestra Dorowski. And on this Thursday, we are joined once again by our friends from the Fandom Podcast. Hello, my name is Nick English, and I'm from the Fandom Podcast. Hi, I'm Brandon. I, I, I kind of know that guy. <laughs> uh, we appreciate having you guys on all week. It's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a long week, I tell you. I'm surprised yes, you haven't kicked us We're not done yet. you still got two more days to get yeah. through, guys. Today, we are going through episode 69 of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, minute 69, which begins with Grumpy pulling his nose out of a tree and ends with Snow White rolling out dough and singing. She says, someday my prince. I think she's saying, someday my prince will come. We've heard this song before. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Speak for yourself. So, Reprisal. whenever uh, he leaves Snow White, like when she sends him out to wash, and in this minute, he's really clumsy. Yes. Like, this is the second time he smacked his nose how, right into something. How does his nose get stuck exactly is that a hole is, is there that like a, a like a, a dent, dent in the tree like that is where they put their hatchet s- when they cut it's a very sappy wood. tree when they cut wood they throw their hatchet into the side of the tree so there's just this perfect indent where they've done it multiple times <laughs> or there's I'm... some sap on it maybe it's a maple tree and he's getting stuck on the sticky sap maybe i don't know do they have maple trees in, in 1500 Germany? Maybe it's a pine tree and it's the pine <laughs> resin. <laughs> pine tree coming in the pine he... tree. <laughs> I like that one, Nick. Sorry. I can't help <laughs> White Christmas is one of my very, very favorites. It is. Me too. And that's a very good line to quote from it. Like, the delivery of that line is good. Um, but then he pulls himself out, uh, his nose out of the tree. Mm-hmm. And then keeps on walking and walks right into and falls into the water. That yeah, he the, missed the bridge. That the bridge goes over. And then he tries to, so he gets splashed on, and then he tries to stand up, and he hits his head on the bridge. So somehow he fell into the water, but underneath the bridge. He probably fell and then was moved just a at bit. an angle. He leaned back. Yeah. It, it, it yeah, was a bank, and so him. so he rolled. Right. Well, he landed on a rock that. Like so, the front shifted of him, him back yeah, a little. Shifted him back, but then he stands up and he hits his head on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And then he has to come out from under it. And then the like, there's kind of a a trail from that spot under the bridge, like up the bank of the little stream, as though someone consistently falls there and has blazed a trail by walking up that bit of the river. I vote Dopey. You think Dopey falls there often? Yes. And- and has had to walk out of the river. I think it's the deer when they drink from the. From that would the stream. work too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he he kind of sloshes out. So all throughout that sequence, the music is one of my favorite things because it keeps playing, um, hi ho, but it keeps changing the instruments and like the tone and attitude of it to match what's going on. So it's playing hi ho the whole time. But it's still Mickey Mousing like the emotions. So when he lands in the water and the, there's a splash, it's kind of like this tinkly water falling sort of version. And then it's back to like, and then it switches to like a grumpy deep horn sound for for when Grumpy's like, ah man, like he's upset that he he was clumsy. 
and then he stands up and then it changes again. Like it keeps changing throughout this sequence. And then it does another one as he's like sloshing out of the water and, and marching and making his squeaky shoe sounds. And I just think that was an amazing piece of music. So how do, how do shoes squeak if you don't have souls? Well, just because they're dwarves doesn't, don't mean they don't have souls, Nick. They're still people. (laughs) Well, there aren't any gingers around to take them away. So those shoes have been confusing the whole time. (laughs) I don't know. When I was a kid, my grandma uh, would take me down to the symphony house downtown and they did these uh, series of concerts for kids where they would explain music. And a lot, I watching this made me think, think back to those kind of like you were saying with this as it was, and they would talk about how different instruments can be used to represent different emotions and Mm -hmm. you know, the tempo and everything can be manipulated to try to make you feel different things. And so and they would talk about just how important music was. And as I was watching this, I thought back to that quite a bit. I, I mean, this was uh, nearly 30 years ago. And so I was, I don't remember exactly what was, what we were taught as, as kids there, but I, I, I remembered sitting there and think, I remembered sitting there and thinking about it. So I, I, it was very masterfully done, especially for children to kind of tell you, this is how you are supposed to feel because the soundtrack in a movie is often underlooked. I know I or often overlooked. I I overlook it a lot because it's just there. But it things certain things just don't land if you don't have the right music. And you can't direct your audience to the right place without that soundtrack. And so, yeah, this this movie is a great example of that. And every time they want to change the change how you're feeling, change your opinion about a character, they change things with the music. And it's just it's it's masterful. It's part of what made this movie so good. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother Joseph, who's who's been a guest before, when he was in high school, I think it could have been college, but um, he did a project for for a, a class on film where he took one scene and he played ten different pieces of music with it to change the emotion you're feeling throughout that scene. And he took the scene from the film Castaway uh, with with Tom Hanks, uh, where Wilson the volleyball floats away which I think is a scene without score um, in the film itself for most of it. And he played all these different pieces of music. He played something from Enya. He played a a Shakira piece and um, he played like Andrea Bocelli time to say goodbye. Um, I think he did an Ave Maria. He did something that was like Gregorian chant, like all these different pieces of music just like, and you just watch it back to back to back to back. But each time, it's a different experience. Um, oh, there was one, and it was um, fife and drum music. And so it's like, oh, Wilson's going off to war. <laughs> um, That's awesome. But, but he'd also like, <laughs> lined them up to kind of stagger your reactions. So that there's like this really upbeat Shakira one that makes it kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've got you know like synthesized instruments and... And a really intense beat. And was everything. it "Hips Don't Lie"? Because that would be no. Awesome. It was. It was years before <laughs> "Hips Don't Lie" came out. But it, you know, it, it was pretty funny. And then right after that was the Gregorian chant one, which really solemnized this moment. You're like, oh, this is Wilson's funeral, and he's floating away, and and you know, y- you had like this sudden realization as it changed back and forth, and I think. 
it's it's a fascinating way to use music in in film and like the tone that they can convey with music is really interesting and it's something i've been aware of for a long time and in this sequence i was just really intrigued by how they used like it's the same tune the entire time like they are always playing a continuous cycle of hi ho but they change what music or what instrument is dominant and and what kind of tone that instrument is playing and and like they maybe adjust the meter or the key a little bit but it's still the same song the whole time but then it's like oh this is a, a funny bit of it oh grumpy you know now he's being grumpy again oh he fell down again so it's funny again um and it was uh, it's just a really good use of that stuff i really love um peter and the wolf like it's one of my favorite that things that was one specifically to. that they used to teach us yeah i remember yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy that one too peter and the wolf is fantastic and one of my dreams is to be the narrator for a presentation of peter and the wolf with the symphony like i would love that so much because it was the Disney Peter and the Wolf that my family had, we had a tape of, and I watched that a lot as a kid, where, you know, Walt Disney talked about Peter and the Wolf, and then, you know, they had the narrator, and the and the musical instruments, and they did all the introduction, but then they had this animated feature of Peter and the Wolf with it. No words, really, just the narrator saying some stuff. But then, you know, there's like, okay, well, here's this instrument that's playing the bird, and then they'd, ha- they'd show the bird, and it was flying around and everything, and it was acting out Peter and the Wolf. But I got really attached to, you know, the feelings of those instruments playing those those moods and those animals. And so every time I hear, you know, those tones of instrument, I think of those animals in Peter and the Wolf. And, and Disney was the way I really got familiar with that. And it's been really significant in my life, you know, as a way to think about stuff. And I just would really, really love one day to be the narrator of Peter and the Wolf <laughs> with a live symphony. Make, Make it happen. happen. <laughs> it would um, be it would be just so awesome and I, I, I mean Peter and the Wolf has some really fantastic like musical themes to it like I really like those musical themes music is one of my biggest passions um, I mean it's your field of study yes it is my field of study and um, like I was get, getting an interview to work at a music store um, a local music store here in Utah and um, one of the questions the manager asked me was, so, cause we, we gotten to know each other a little bit and he knew my passion for music, obviously, and for Disney. And he's like, so what would your life be like without Disney and music? And I was like, uh, I have no idea. Cause that's like my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Life would be very, very very sad. <laughs> no music, no Disney. Goodness, what a sad life. Would you say a cursed life? <laughs> yes. Or a half life? <laughs> Disney, not Harry Potter. Disney. Oh, sorry. Although Kestra was very close to being a Harry Potter person. It was either Disney or Harry Potter. What now that's mean? not very true. Very close to being a Harry Potter person. You, a Disney you file or a Potterhead? Yeah, you almost became like a bigger fan of Harry Potter than Disney. I don't remember telling you that. I remember telling you that I used to be like a huge, huge Potter head. I feel like you told me. But now like more of a Disney person. You You almost went as deep into Harry Potter as you have gone into Disney. Well, that's not mutually exclusive though. You can be deep into both of those aspects. 
Yeah. Yeah, but you can't commit to a long-term podcast for yeah. both at the same but time. Why, why are you oh, yes, you can. Character. Come on, son. Harry Honestly. Potter Minute already exists. <laughs> you say so sadly, even though you're not as big. I'm, I'm not nearly as big. I'm glad you picked Disney. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, so, after Grumpy kind of trudges out of, of the water, we get to more of the hag. I like it when the hag. I like it when better when when the queen's. The queen is better, but the hag is still pretty good. Yes, but she she's walking and saying like Snow White will be all alone because the little men are off at work and uh, she'll be all alone and here will come a pet old peddler woman or something. Harmless peddler woman. Yeah, yeah, and oh. Uh, the vultures. You see mm-hmm. the vultures there. First you see the shadows of the vultures. And then you yeah. see the actual vultures. The vultures. And then you see the shadows of them again, right? And yeah. I can just imagine yeah. the conversation that they're having. What do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do today? Oh, wait. That's <laughs> oh, I wanted, movie. I wanted to see Those vultures movie. are on a different continent. <laughs> well, and they don't actually look like them either. Like, I looked at them and said, okay, are we are we having, like, the token... Like, this is what vultures look like with Disney, but they must have not established that yet, because these are definitely not the same. Yeah, there's certainly some similarities. Um, they, I mean, they look like vultures, but, but yeah, but that's with, about where the similarities with, stop. With the vultures, when we rode Scary White, or Scary White, <laughs> Snow White's Scary <laughs> Adventure at Disneyland, yes, um, the vultures seem to have a bigger, like, Role almost or presence like, or presence, yeah. Um, than they do in the movie. In the movie, they're really not always there. They're, like I they, mean, they, they, this they, is this is when they show up. Yes, is here um, in minute sixty nine, like vultures. Yes, with fourteen minutes left to go. Not not much left to go. Yeah. Um. But and, and they guess, are not in most of the remaining minutes. Yes. Guess who is the animator on the vultures? Uh huh. Is it Walt himself? No. It's Ward Kimball. He finally has a presence in the oh, film. Ward got it. Ward oh. got it after both after, his after two the soup big, and the bed making yeah, scene got big cut. Scenes were cut. He Ward, got in there. Yeah. So with the, the vultures, ominous birds, the vultures is Ward Kimball. There you go. <laughs> he made it. So he gets another symbol of death. <laughs> oh wait! Dang it! Um, oh, poor Ward. <laughs> uh. With with the vultures on screen, it made me remember that we have a an extensive series of bird symbolism all throughout this film. I mean, the first ones were doves. We've had bluebirds. We've had a rook. We've had vultures. We've had a peacock. We've had owls. Like, there's a bluebirds. lot. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of bird symbolism all throughout this film. And I think the vultures are probably the last one added into it. And probably the the most obvious... Because symbolism, because because yeah. vultures because... follow death. Yes. <laughs> so they know what's coming. They kind of like give this like this nod towards each other. Like, oh, I see where this is going. They can probably does it, smell. Does the it start with pole. doves? Uh, doves are are around Snow White when she's at the the well cleaning. So it starts with doves and ends with vultures. Yes. So that's like the full like birth to death maybe i don't know maybe there could be symbolism yeah. there or, look at, or at, at the very least peace to death yeah sure yeah um so do you which... think the vultures could could smell the could smell the 
Apple and the poison and be like, oh, somebody's going to die? Or do you or think they're just like, oh, here's an old hag. We're going to follow her. She just walked for and boated for 12 miles or 12 hours. And so she's going to drop in gonna any second. She's either going to kill someone or she'll die. Yeah. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, maybe they can smell her murderous intent. <laughs> so these are magic The same way well. other animals can smell fear. I mean, either that or they can hear. Because, like, she's, like, just chanting constantly about I'm gonna go hurt Snow White. I'm gonna go kill her. <laughs> She's gonna go die. But I mean like, she'll so be buried know. alive. The so hag is not being subtle. Well yeah. it is it is established in this movie that animals can understand whatever these people are telling them because Snow White tells yes. all of these animals to go do something and Yeah. And so, so there's maybe, definitely precedent. Yeah, maybe uh they just all know what everybody says. I was kind of hoping that it was part of, you know, Snow White's superpower, but there there might be something more going on here with these animals. They're pretty sharp. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you guys a question. Where did you guys watch how did you watch this? Because there's there's, you know, you can get the Disney movies anywhere. There's a lot of different services. There's the old uh, got, uh, classic Blu-ray copy. So, so you've got a Blu-ray. Okay. Uh, the, the which one which, gives, which gives me watch. access to my Disney movies anywhere. Um, so mm-hmm. I can watch it at yeah. school if I needed to. But yeah. But yeah. So so one thing that I noticed on the old pre-Blu-ray non-mastered version, this mm-hmm. scene is a little darker and dingier than it huh. is on the Blu-ray version. Do you think they? Do you think that was like a decision like, let's not make this as, as scary or do you... Or was it more of a, hey, let's accentuate these vultures a little bit more because the vultures are definitely scary, but we don't want all of the surroundings to be scary because we want the vultures to stick out. What what do you think the thought process there was? My guess is that it was like, oh, it's kind of dim. You don't get the right effect from these vultures. And also because like it's definitely supposed to be daytime. So maybe they wanted to brighten it up a little bit so there's not any confusion about the continuity of that. Or have a little um, sparkle of light, like, just a little bit before this... Things start getting real dark. Yeah, but also, um, later on, there's there's a storm that comes. Yeah. So, like, it comes from the hag coming from the mist and the darkness from coming from the castle. It's following her. Yeah. There could be something. I don't know, but I, my best guess is they wanted it to be easier to see the vultures um, and everything and see what's going on in the sequence. Um, But I mean, there's certainly precedent for the forest being dark anyway. So I don't have a a true explanation. There there isn't an obvious answer as far as I can tell. All right. I I was just curious about that because, because as I was jumping back and forth between the the few and I noticed one thing, time codes, even between the, even between the digital services, the time codes don't all match up. Yeah, so. Kester's had that problem before. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I really appreciate you guys also saying where we're beginning and where we're ending because yeah, I had to I t- had to do that with um, a couple other people because they they a were few other copies. Well, and even their own um, copy, even our copy, when we've paused it at the beginning and ending of minutes, sometimes the the seconds don't quite line up on exactly. the time code where we've paused it. Yeah. So. It's a little bit imprecise. All right. Anyway, anyway, that was I, I, it was something that I noticed having to jump between several versions, and I thought that was just an interesting thing that they would change. Yeah, I mean, this film isn't noted for 
a lot of remastering or or relighting or um, updating anything for the Blu-ray, as far as I can tell. I mean, we watched. It's been you know, re-released a lot of, several times through theater yes, and because it's gotten different. It's been uh, vaulted a number of times yes. with the monster. The first no, time that no, I just, 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 just the vault. <laughs> oh, they the say vault. doesn't exist, but it does. Well, they do these big that vault know, is an Easter egg right there. Like, it's coming out of the vault again. You can but now everyone buy it. thinks that it's an actual vault. And, oh, there's got to be a vault. I'm pretty sure there is, hey. but like if you ask someone who's like in the Disney, I've seen head, that Studio C yeah. sketch. But yeah, yeah, the vault, <laughs> the Disney vault. We should we should make sure we post that Studio C sketch yes. on the page when, when this, this comes episode. Out. <laughs> someone remind us if if we have said we should post something on the Facebook page and we don't. Just remind us, and we'll get it on there. Yeah, uh, I've I've gone through all my notes for this minute. Are you I guys good? Bye. I'm good here too. I'm excited to move on to the next minute, our Friday minute. But uh, if people need more of the fandom, they can go to fandompodcast.com. Right? Correct. Nailed if it. You, if you want some, want to see some cool art, you can head over to nickenglisharts.com too. He's he does a good job. It's worth it. Let me remind you that he designed our logo and it is fantastic and we love it. And we will be having him design uh, modified and updated logos for future movies. We're going to you know, change it out when we get to our next film. We'll change it out to something else. So it's not this, this Snow White silhouette, but we really like this. Yes, we will keep this in our vault. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Don't feed it Grouse to Vault the Monster, though. No, 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 no. We just, won't feed just it. Just the Disney Animation Minute Essentials. Secret merchandising imagery vault. So <laughs> <laughs> you should. So there'll be this like crazy like if you guys ever build a house, you'll create this secret hallway, and there'll just be like paintings or just draw like printouts of all of the different. That'd be pretty and this cool. Leads ones you do to and you just, you, studio. Yeah, you just walk down this, and you're inspired by all of the movies you've done during. Your I like some of those. Years. Think, think about it. And then. You go into this padded room that is soundproof and nice, so that you have this beautiful acoustics. I like it. You can record it's, your. I mean, then it's it's really like a professional studio where you've got yeah. you know all you your all your gold records and stuff. It's kind of like the it, SNL hall, hallway where they have like signed copies, or like when you're exactly. in the theater and everybody signed or, their or movie, the, their poster of the plays and stuff. You know, the, you I would feel Disney University and the Disney casting uh, buildings. They have stuff like that. I would feel pretty cool. The couch that they have backstage at Comic-Con, every actor who's sat on it has signed it. I was going to say, I would feel really cool if we could get one of these, uh, if if we could get this Snow White image as a poster, and if we could get all of our guests that have been on this podcast to sign it. And we do that for every every different different film. You would have to mail it around, but... Well, or, or, or you, could you know, just send an image out and have everyone digitally sign it, like somehow, and then you just print out that image oh. with everyone's. That would work too. But I'm liking this idea, and then we have a spare one signed, <laughs> and we put it out to the highest bidder. <laughs> so, so did you notice this time we didn't really talk about like theories about the about the movie? We talked about like fantasy theories about your podcast. I think that's pretty yes. cool for this episode. <laughs> the future of our podcast. <laughs> Share it with your friends so it becomes really famous, guys. Yeah. And we can build this house that has this... <laughs> this, this awesome studio. Um, but if you want to get in touch with us directly to suggest the best way to do all of this, go onto Facebook and find the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society group, or Damsels, where we 
we we just kind of float around there and check things out and that's where you can call us out if we need to post a video or a link or or anything like that but most importantly well i say a lot of things are most important one of the most important things to do is share us with your friends and family and get more listeners to to listen to us spread it on all the social media and then also come back tomorrow for more of snow white and the seven dwarfs until then just whistle while you work (laughs) 